CBS has, like I said, with the multiple faces, has multiple people creating content or stories all of the time, right? It's not just one person and one central outlet. It's like multiple syndicates of this thing. So if you want to get started on getting better engagement with your community, turn those people not into just monitors or uh, admins of this community. That was like step one I mentioned earlier. But the next mm -hmm. step is turn them into content producers. I want to cause no problems. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk. But right here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Death of Vanilla podcast. And I've got um, just a really incredible guy. His name is Lucas, has uh, developed uh, this incredible community uh, really specifically for agency owners, but I think what he has is going to bring value to anyone, including like solopreneurs and people who are doing a lot of things on their own. Uh, he has created a lot of resources, value to the point where it's almost overwhelming. Um, and I say that in the best way. So it's really cool. So anyways, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your history, um, you know, pre-community uh, that kind of got you to the place yeah. you're at now. Thank you so much for the introduction, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I almost feel like before the community, my business and my life were a lot less fulfilling um, in a sense that, you know, I felt like I had a good life, good business, but I felt like this has just elevated it so much because I get to see all these people all the time, even though a lot of it is virtually. Uh, it does feel, uh, I feel that community, even if it's a virtual environment. So a little bit about me. Um, I started uh, a agency called Twiz Marketing back in 2018, and we since scaled it um, to, uh, we did over $1.72 million last year in sales. Uh, this year we're on track for about 3 million, no funding, no debt. I started out in my college dorm room, didn't have any, I had mentors, I'll say that, but I didn't have any uh, pre-existing clients or industry experience or anything like that. So that's just to show that you know, obviously anybody can do it with the right um, situation and the right, um, I guess, motivation or what, what have you, but, and being as lucky and, as I was, I think, um, I think everyone, if you work hard, obviously you'll get, you'll create your own luck in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but that's what I did. And uh, I say that because Agency Go is basically all about uh, teaching people how to grow their agencies. So uh, we just help people scale. Uh, and my ultimate goal is to gamify entrepreneurship, gamify growing an agency, scaling an agency. So that way it's easier for people. That way they can make more money faster and uh, get to the point where they want to, you know, be passively earning income even sooner so they can help their communities, their families, anybody and everybody around them just live a better life. So that's really the goal. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, the cool thing about having a community is uh, even though you're the one hosting it and coming in with a lot of experience, you still get an opportunity to learn from so many other oh, yeah. people, which is really cool too, because then it just continues to add to the momentum and the learning curve, which I think is fantastic. Because let's be honest, when it comes to marketing, there is always a lot more to learn, <laughs> whether it's oh, new yeah. software, new technique, new strategy, new platform, it seems to be never ending. Um, and and so you, you've you built your agency. Um, mm -hmm. You and a, a co-founder, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. So okay. Christian Velichkoff is my business partner. Yeah. Awesome. So, and and I, you know, we mentioned just before the conversation that um, 
you know, I had seen a post from you about really wanting to transition from growing your business, which it's obviously on track for doing well and continuing to grow. Um, and so you've kind of taken your hands a little bit, I'm assuming out of that process and into the community. Um, obviously that fits into a lot of your goals and and stuff like that, but why exactly did you happen to go that route? Cause I know yeah. People have been talking about communities for a long time. Let's be honest, like Seth Godin talked, you know, had the book tribes like a right. decade ago, but now yeah. it's like taking a different shape. Walk us through that process for you. Great question. I would say it's twofold. One <clears throat> is uh, me just genuinely being a very community oriented person. I think it's what gives me a lot of joy and I think it's something I really like. So that's one. So it was kind of natural. Uh, and, but secondarily, I think one thing that's really great is it's just also statistical. Like I listened to at this point, probably over a hundred interviews on Nathan Latka's podcast. He's a SaaS podcaster, talks a lot about the software space. He interviews software companies. And my Hmm. ultimate goal is to get into software. I wanted to use the funds from this agency to get into software and launch a software product. So the, the thing was when I heard all these interviews, what would always come up was the fastest growing software, the most profitable software, the software that was kind of like just, you know, turning the world on its head a bit was the ones that had a very strong community. If you look Hmm. at ClickFunnels is, I think, probably the most successful company we've ever seen because it hit $350 million in revenue without any fundraising in like six years. So, I mean- wow. That's insane, insane growth. And I don't know any other comparable companies that have done that. So building a community is also just a very smart strategy if you look at the statistics. For sure. So, so many different questions. Where to begin? So first of all, I think you picked Slack. Why did you choose Slack as your place of community? Because obviously that's not the only choice. There's Mighty Networks and many other places. Why Slack? So I actually had... Uh, that was that was a bit of a, a a hack, I guess, because I saw Nathan Latka's community, and he's built a pretty sizable one. Uh, his is about 1,200 members. We're at 250, so you know we're getting there. Uh, but you know he, he he did it all through Slack, and I thought I'm still a member of his community. I thought it was really solid seeing what he did there, and so I wanted to replicate the same thing. Um, there's telegram. I know there's, you know, all these other places, Facebook's huge for a lot of people. But one thing I saw was consistent with anybody who's built an online brand was I would say, yeah, unilaterally, no matter what space they're in it, every single one of them had a community of some sort they were funneling people to. So it could be on telegram. It could be on Slack. It could be on mighty networks, but they had somewhere they were funneling people to from their content that created that viral effect because if you can immediately send a hundred people to a piece of content, you're going to get way more engagement uh, than mm-hmm. if you don't. Right. And so I'm starting to harness that a little bit myself, but yeah, I picked Slack because it was, you know, the, the, the thing I saw a successful community do, but I'm sure other ones would have been probably just as successful if I'm being honest. Well, I mean, certainly the, the fact that, um, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know for a fact that businesses use that already for some of their business communication. So now you just look yeah. at adding another network on top of a platform that's already on your computer and already on your phone. It's, it's pretty slick that way. Um, yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of 
moving people out of those Facebook ecosystems, because even though they're like super accessible and people are like already on them, um, I always feel like Facebook is doing something to F it up. You know what I mean? Like they're always changing an algorithm or like doing this or that or something else. And it's like at the end of the day, like it's Facebook's platform, not yours. And so it's like, why would you want to build something that you're like relying on for like long term growth and revenue on Facebook? Yeah, Um, also because Facebook's model is not memberships. And I think that's a key thing for everyone to remember is that Slack. their model is memberships. You add members to your Slack group. And so that's a key integral thing. So people are always either you're covering the cost for someone else or they're covering the cost for the membership. Hmm. Someone is always covering the cost to be a member. So they're, they don't want to fuck that up. That's their primary model. So it's like, right. I would say you, I think, I think you are right in that sense. I think, you know, probably more than a lot of other platforms, Slack is, is unique in that sense. And one thing I learned about Slack for anyone trying to start a community, Slack only charges you for active members, which I thought was pretty cool. So if you're looking mm. at it from like a profit perspective, if you charge everyone $97 per month, which is what we do for the community, if they don't use it, but they're, let's say they're getting access to the software or they're getting access to the courses, but they're not really active in the community, you don't even pay for their membership, but they're, they're, oh. they're, they're, they're paying for it, but you don't pay for it unless they use it because you only get charged for active members. So it's kind of like a way to make more profit, still give value to the customer because maybe they're getting value from the courses or the content or something else right. uh, and then be fine. So you're not going to get billed for just them joining. You're only billed if they're active, which is kind of nice. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's super nice for you because it's like, you don't want them really there unless you're, you know, the whole point, the whole part, the whole, wow literally learning how to talk right now the whole point is that they're there for impact and revenue right so if you're not impacting them and you're not making money for them boy it sure would be yeah. sad to pay for them too uh <laughs> so yeah uh, it, it's pretty upsetting so you know but but it's been working out to our advantage having it this way so i like it yeah i think you know for me it's just such a logical next step and and i wish i could say oh i've totally taken up your pointers and started a community. I have not done that yet. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other things I'll have to create videos for and, and have implemented some of your strategies. Um, yeah. but, um, what I will say is it kind of feels like the next natural step, right? Because you have social media platform, which is, it, it can be very social, um, still another person's platform. Then you have email, which is like closer, um, yeah. in like, uh, closeness, and uh, whatever to someone, but it's still just a one-to-one communication, right? And so I feel like that community platform like you have on Slack is like that next step where it's like still close. I can still have like intimate conversations with people, but um, also other people creating the content too, right? Which is really cool. And not that it's easy. So I don't want to like make it sound like it's easy, but like you're not the one doing all of the talking, which is kind of cool. So um, talk to me about like some of the content that you make for that, right? Because obviously you like in my brain, you'd want to stay in charge of the conversation. You'd be the the primary content driver and conversation starter and stuff like that. So um, what kind of content are you making to start continue to engage with the community? That's a great question. So um I always look at it from, well, uh, something you should always keep in mind before you even make a community is your community itself has to have a good enough story 
for any of the content that you create subsequently to really hit as hard. So for instance, I created a community because, you know, I knew that if you were just starting your agency or you were doing less than $2 million per year, you're probably going to find what we're putting out there very interesting. Um, same thing goes for if you're a social media influencer, right? If you have a lot of followers, which I, I don't really have, a, I wouldn't even consider myself an influencer because I think my, my total following size is probably like 20,000. So it's not even like enormous yet. But uh, if, I, if I were to be in the point where I had like 100,000 or a million, if I had none, I would be like, wow, everything they're saying is so great, right? Right. And I think that's the key is you have to have something where anybody in the community who is starting from square one or is at a lower point in that journey or earlier point in that journey just eats it all up. So I would say even more important than the content is making sure the story of the community is very viral. Once you have that, then it's just helping them every single step of the way with every foreseeable thing that you could see them going through or that you had in the past. So the beautiful thing about the content we're making is that I don't really have to think about it too much because I know that anything that I learned between the now and when I started my agency will probably be interesting to them because they need that information. So I just go back, I look at some of the templates I've used, some of the content that I've made, some of the, even like little things such as how to motivate employees of a, like once you hit a million dollars in sales, how do you motivate them to get the two? It's like, if I was at a million dollars in sales, I would look at that and say, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. It's so niche and so specific. Like I really need that information. So to me, that's the key. So if you have a bad story to begin with, it's just going to kind of snowball, I think, and it's or in, the, in the opposite direction. And you need to snowball in the right direction to build up that community of a substantial size. So what do you feel like is the story for Agency Go then? Yeah, I was just having this conversation today. Actually, someone asked me like, what are flywheel of successes? And uh, what I would define it as, and this is what is directly relevant to the story, is um, you know, the larger my agency becomes, the more credibility I get, the more, and I'm already seeing this start to happen, the more viral the community is, like more people just get added organically from their friends because they say, oh my God, this guy, because like once I, I bet you, my virality of the community will grow three to five times once we hit 10 million. Like the moment we hit $10 million mm. in sales, everyone will be like, you got to join this community. These guys, I'm literally able to talk to the owner of a $10 million agency. And that's not even being cocky. That's just because that's what I do to other people right now. I'm in their yeah. groups and I'm just like, oh my God, I get to talk to this person. Like this is the coolest thing ever. So I know that that is going to continue compounding. So the flywheel is agency twist gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We hit bigger and bigger milestones. Then I take all those learnings. I add them back into the community, which then gets more engagement with the community. I then take anything that they're going through that's the most painful and I turn it into a software or a tool, which then increases my margins and gets them even more retained. And then I take that all back. And the cool thing is once they're in a software, this is what I love the most. Once they're in a software, every single one of their interactions is statistical and they can learn from it. And I can learn from it because I share all the data with everybody. So we're all learning together in a way that's regimented. It's not like ambiguous trying to figure out, did this person's strategy work or not? If it's in a software, everything's counted. So you could say, 
oh yeah, this worked because I can see this result. And so then it continues compounding. And then I learn how to scale my agency faster. So I can, that's the flywheel. So the story is essentially that, which is I learn, I grow, I share, I give it back to you. We build, we just keep doing that over and over again, essentially. It's like the essence of uh, a rising tide uh, rises all boats, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have to have that from you have to have it from day one because uh, it will just it will just take longer to build a community. I think you still could do it. It's just going to take so much longer that it might just not be worth it. Honestly, I think people's efforts when they're first starting should just be around scaling because you can make way more money that way faster unless you have something that people really want or need that you can share right from the beginning, which again, could be followers. I have someone I work with who has tons of followers on TikTok. I have no idea how to get followers on TikTok at all, but their, their agency is not super large yet. So I, I definitely can learn some stuff from the agency, but I definitely can learn a lot from their TikTok strategy. And that's what's interesting to me, regardless of how much money their agency is making. For sure. No, I love that. I think that one of the things way back in the day that was so incredible about a platform like Twitter was accessibility. It was like the first time in anyone's life that they were able to like send a message to like Beyonce and might actually get a response, right? Yeah. Because you know, ain't no one got her number or email, right? Like, and you know, that she's going to have assistance like as gateways and I'm sure she does now, right? Because you know, I can't imagine any, you know, most celebrities are actually spending time on their own social media accounts, but could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But accessibility yeah. was the huge wow factor of a lot of these platforms, um, especially right. when they're new. And so that's kind of what I'm hearing when I hear you talk about uh, the community model is because there's like a control to the volume, right? It enables yeah. you to be able to be available and availability right. is exactly and accessibility is exactly what people are excited about, which is very cool because yeah. like you said, you get to learn from the source rather than like, yeah. you know, just like something random. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's right. the key is, is, is definitely building that up. So, so what, so you're, you're making like videos and stuff at the pain points. What other kind of like interactions are you doing to encourage mm -hmm. more interaction? Yeah on your platform, right? For, cause for the people yeah. listening, you know, if they're like a CMO of a company and they're trying to like get some community around their stuff, I'm sure they're asking themselves like, what do I even say? Um, yeah, you know, besides just pitching my product. Well, there's two, there's two things that have been really helpful. One part of the tool that I built, the software, uh, has links, which I share with people and those links take them back into the software. So if somebody says, Hey, Lucas, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? Well, I created a university inside the software. So now I know they're going to click on that link and they're going to go use it. So that's going to increase the usage of my software. So that's one way I'm interacting with them is I'm getting them all back into software by sharing something that they really need and want, as opposed to selling them on, Hey, use this new software. They're going to use this. They're going to use, they're going to find the content in there and they're going to feel like it's effortless because it's like, Oh, it's just another mm. habit. I'm going to have, I'm going to be an agency go now all the time. Great. So that's right. the one way I'm doing it. And then eventually once the software gets to the point where it's better than, for our purposes, better than Slack, it's never going to be better than Slack for communication, but it, it, for our purposes, specifically for agencies, it definitely could be better than Slack. So once it gets better than Slack, then my goal is to get them onto Slack, but, or into the software to communicate instead of Slack. But the other thing that I've been doing is, so I have this theory 
which I actually think WeWork did really well, despite all the craziness that they uh, uh, went through, was if you notice, at least I did, I loved WeWork and I still do for the community. It's really cool. Like you go there, it's way better than going to other people's office spaces. Like I I always loved the design. I loved the community aspect. I loved everything about it. It was really sweet. And what they did really well was they had different community like faces everywhere. You had like a community, um, I want to say admin, I forgot their name, community leader or something. Mm-hmm. And they would lead their own separate community. Everybody knew that person. They didn't interact with the CEO of, of WeWork. And I think that's why like WeWork itself is actually a great company, despite maybe what the leadership is doing, because you have all these sub leaders who were leading their own great part of the company, essentially. And the reason right. I bring this up, the other way that I'm trying to engage with people now is by finding leaders within the community and then making them like sub leaders within agency go and then incentivizing them to work with me because I'm like, Hey, if you promote agency go in exchange, I'll give you clients for life because there's a lot of people who want agency clients. They work with other agencies. So it's like you become a face of the brand and in exchange, I'll turn your agency into like a six or seven figure agency. Um, and we can all grow this thing together. And so that's the next step is as we scale, making it seem more relatable, because instead of having just one person who's like trying to talk to everyone, instead, there's like 10 or 15 community leads that are all monitoring this thing and making sure it's running successful. So the next step is getting myself out of talking to every single person, still being involved and still engaging, but having other people who are like the sub leaders who are equally incentivized on the growth of the community. Nice. Now, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you got to do something about growth, right? There's got to be some yeah. sort of solution for scaling. And, um, you know, I think people want uh, a leader to always be available. You know, obviously that's the most desirable thing, uh, but it's just not realistic. Like you, you can't spend time with everyone. <laughs> it's like not physically possible. <laughs> there are not enough hours uh, or energy or whatever else in a day for that to happen. So that's, I mean, that is the next logical move, right? Is to be able to have yeah. those people be able to handle some of those things. And, and like you said, I think it's like your, your example is a perfect example of like, it creates like a little bit of like insulation um, as things go like, like bad or good to be able to like mm-hmm. kind of isolate that a little bit, you know, you know, cause not, not all members are going to be amazing. And you never know what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, then it it isolates it a little bit, which is really nice for having that um, brand stability. So you have the app, you have the university Mm -hmm. thing. That's really cool. Um, Thank you. What other, uh, so part of the reason you have that is because you're so passionate about the software side, but what other things, if you just had to brainstorm or other things that maybe you guys considered that are, um, helpful that could be as helpful, maybe not as helpful as that could be. Cause I feel like that's really helpful. Um, but how else could a business leverage a community in that way to be able to continue to get them learning and growing? Yeah. yeah so I've been there. This, this kind of is a, another way of looking at the, the community management stuff that I think people can immediately start applying now, which is, um, to think of everything with their community as uh, a TV station, right? 
So I know Gary V, right? I know Gary V. If you if you follow him, obviously he talks a lot about every company is a media company. That's like his famous thing. Yep. Is he always talks that, right? But I would even take it a step further. It's not every company is a media company. It's every company is a should be a, a broadcasting network, right? So like if mm. you think of a media company, you might think of the Huffington Post. But if you think of a broadcasting network, you think of CBS. And what are the differences, right? Well, CBS has, like I said, with the multiple faces, has multiple people creating content or stories all of the time, right? It's not just one person and one central outlet. It's like multiple syndicates of this thing. So if you want to get started on getting better engagement with your community, turn those people not into just monitors or uh, admins of this community. That was like step one I mentioned earlier. But the next mm -hmm. step is turn them into content producers. So then that way they're like the TV anchor of the community. They're the TV anchor for e-commerce agencies that are in my group. Maybe I start an e-commerce agency. Once we get to like a thousand members, maybe I have e-com agencies, SaaS agencies, lead gen agencies. And then each one has a different news anchor who creates content constantly for that group, right? Right. So, and I think that's how you can really leverage the modern, you know, broadcasting sort of media play of a community. And if you think about, if you think about like broadcasting in general, and you think about news media, that is the central point of any community. If you want to know about what's going on in Charleston, uh, you know, or if you want to know what's going on in Washington, DC, or you want to know what's going on in all these different areas, you would turn on the news, right? And that's because it's local. You know, Washington, D.C. doesn't usually comment on what's going on in Seattle, Washington. It's like two different right. places. It's usually very different. Sometimes it overlaps, but usually it's very different. So that's kind of how I look at it is you have to start thinking about your brand as a broadcast network, not even just like a media station, but a broadcasting network is much more appropriate nowadays. Hmm. I've never thought of it that way. I've definitely heard of um, Gary Vee's example of a media company which I think enough people struggle <laughs> with just that alone. Um, but definitely the next big step is a broadcast. And I think that's just like a bigger vision. You know, yeah. I think that <clears throat> a company could probably crank out some videos and some graphics and call themselves a media company. Um, but uh, broadcast network, first of all, sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's a much bigger like, like, I feel like from a mindset perspective, that's a much bigger space to fill um, yeah. and opens up a lot of opportunity for things to look and feel a little bit different than everyone else, which is kind of the point of the podcast is that you're, you know, Death yeah. Vanilla, that you're getting, you're not doing what everyone else is doing. You're doing something different, which is precisely why you're on this podcast. Well, never been <laughs> no, I know it's never been easier. Like they say, it's never been easier to start a software company. It's never been easier to start a media company, but it's never been easier to make a broadcast network like it's easier yeah. now than ever before to create something like cbs like you could create your own cbs you could have cbs right. local in all these different niches and it's never been easier to do that it's just uh it's the uh classic what are they what do they say people have anxiety because of uh decision overwhelm uh yeah. more than anything else so it's like it is easier but at the same time it's like oh uh, you just got to pick something just gotta yeah. pick something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... definitely start by being a media company first. I would say, right? You know, 
it's hard to do the next step, but that's definitely step one. For sure. So um, now that we're kind of coming towards uh, the close of the podcast here, just if you could, um, one, yeah. share how people can get involved with Agency Go, and then two, if you're able to just talk just a little bit about um, what uh, Twiz does as well, as far as like services yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. So um, with, uh, you know, for the community and everything, Agency Go and, and the software, um, you know, that is, that's really where I want to drive people uh, because that's the community. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you go to agencygo.io and you can find out information on that. If you want to stay in touch with us and learn how other agency owners are scaling, I think, I think we're probably... I want to say we're one of, if not one of the, one of the only places that's only interviewing digital marketing agency owners and asking them how they scaled their agency. Uh, I, I got that model from Nathan Latka. He does it for SaaS companies. I thought there should be one for digital marketing agencies. So you could look up how to scale an agency um, wherever you listen to podcasts and you can check that out. Every single day, you'll hear another agency talking about how they scaled, um, how they got to millions of dollars in revenue uh, and all the strategies they used to get there. So Definitely check that out. And then, yeah, if you want to join our community, it's agencygo.io. It's $97 to join and ten, uh, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's pretty straightforward. You know, for people who want to get involved, love to have you. So Awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to drop that uh, link in the description wherever appropriate. And uh, yeah, definitely have people check it out. It's been a group that I've been a part of. It's been really cool. Um, lots going on there. Um a lot of great content. So definitely have an advocate for it over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love it, man. Thank you so well, much. Thanks again for, yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for being on the show and um, yeah. Thanks for sharing uh, all your, all your advice. Thank you so much, Steven. I appreciate it. I want to cause no problems. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk, but around here, make sure you walk and you talk, it's constant.